Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Be a man. Be tough. Be sweet. No one likes a smarty pants. Don't be such a sissy. Handle it like a man. You should go on a diet. Play the field. Be sexy, but not too sexy. Show him who's boss. You're a princess. You make the money. Let him take care of you. Pick yourself up. Know your place. Keep your mouth shut. The world tells us who we're supposed to be, but it keeps changing its mind. Throughout time, throughout cultures, we can't decide what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. The message, the plan, it keeps changing. But what if there was something else? What if there was something better? Something that existed since the beginning. Something untouched by time. Something true and perfect. So if I normally talk fast, uh, get ready, because here it comes. All right? I'm going to blow through some teaching today. Uh, so get out your notes and get ready to go. I'm uh, really excited about Family Game Night. And we've been having a lot of fun with Family Game Night. And a couple weeks ago, we played Wiffle Ball. Who came out and played Wiffle Ball? Were you there with us? So today's lesson is called Follow Through. The reality is, I've looked it up, and whether it be in a baseball swing or in a golf swing, either one, the follow through is the time from after the bat hits the ball when you follow through, right? For the all intents and purposes, the follow through is useless. Because once the, once the bat has hit the ball, the ball's gone, right? But the catch is, is that if you don't have a follow through, you don't have as much success. The reality is, is what they say, especially in a golf swing, in a golf swing, the follow through actually keeps the club head on the ball longer and the ball goes further. And so I want to talk to you today because we're ending our series called It's a, a Beautiful Design. And we've talked about manhood and we've talked about womanhood uh, and we've talked about marriage and we've talked about singleness um, and all that type of stuff. And it would be easy to hear those things and go, okay, cool, that was good teaching. But what we need is follow through, right? What we need is not to have come and heard the series. What we need now is to take the series and actually follow through and finish. Because here's what I know. I know that good relationships are possible, but not probable. Did you hear me? Good relationships are possible, but not probable. In other words, good relationships don't just happen. Right? Good relationships, they, they, they don't. And, and, and the reason that it is so hard is because 
In this world, we've got two contrasting worldviews about the idea of relationship. There is God's way of doing relationship, and there is this other way, and we refer to it as the world's way. In other words, it's the cumulative sin of all of mankind with a mindset to create a culture that has a way of doing things. Romans 12 and 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, right? Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. This world has created customs and behaviors that... The other day, Jen and I are in the bookstore, and I look over, and there's the, the small book rack, like the paperback. And there's the, there's the paperback book. And it's got the girl, and she's posed and flowing, and her blouse is kind of open a little bit. And there's the hunk with no shirt on, standing behind her, looking over. You know what I'm talking about? Probably his name is Enrique, or something like that. Right? It, it, and it's, it's one of these romance novels. Right? And ladies, we, we read these romance novels and Enrique with his flowing hair, the pilot who comes in from South America. You know, I mean, this whole fantasy thing. And then you wonder why you get so frustrated with your husband. Because your husband ain't never gonna be Enrique. You know what I'm saying? His hair is falling out. He ain't got all the, but, but, but listen to me. The problem is, is that we've got God's way and we've got the world's way. And so we've got this struggle because of something called expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Right? The verse I just read to you, don't copy the, the behaviors of this world uh, or the customs of this world. It goes on to say this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for which is good and pleasing. God doesn't just give us rules and say, do it. That's what is so cool about our God and our belief system. Every other religion out there says, here's a bunch of rules, now step in the line and follow them. And our God says, hey, here's some rules, but the reason I'm giving you the rules so that you'll know you need me. And if you'll just step into me, I'll do the transformation in you. Boy, that takes some pressure off. Right? That takes so much pressure off. So God wants... Good, pleasing, and perfect relationships. He really does. And I believe your marriage can be good and pleasing and perfect. I believe that your relationships can be way healthier. But we've got to recognize. So singles, let me talk to you for a second. Young people, let me talk to you for a second. Because I want to give you God's way versus the world's way of doing relationship when you're trying to find someone. So here's the world's way first. Number one. Number one, the world will tell you, find the right person. Find the right person, right? So we go on a hunt. I need someone. Uh, girls, I, I just, my girlfriends have a, a guy. And I need a boyfriend and all this kind of stuff. And, and I see what I see on TV and I see with everyone else on social media and I just need that. So number one, find the right person. Number two is fall in love. Remember, this is the world's way, right? Fall in love. Fall into love. I love that term. Like, love is not a ditch. You don't fall in. But anyway, but this is the world's way. Fall into love. Right? And then, number three is, fix all your hopes and dreams on them. And number four, if failure occurs, repeat one, two, and three. That's the world's way of doing relationships. Now, think about it. Most of us in this room have done that, right? We went out looking for somebody, right? Maybe you went to the club, 
looking, looking for that. Because you know that's the perfect place to find that godly man is the club. Wrong answer, right? But, but, but when we go and we search out, and then when failure happens, we repeat it again. And we repeat it again. And we repeat it again. Right? That's the regular picture of what we see in the world around us. And that's why around here, listen, I'm not a big proponent of what we call dating. My personal opinion is, is dating is practice for divorce. It really is, because if you do this pattern enough, think about it, think this through. You're, you're, and, and if you've got teenagers, I, I challenge you to think this through, or small children that are getting ready to get to this place. But if you start in middle school, and you looked across the hallway. You remember being in middle school? I remember that girl. I looked across the hallway. I almost said her name, but she's a friend of mine on Facebook, so I can't do that. But I remember looking across the hallway in middle school, and she was just hot. Oh my gosh, she was so hot. Right? And, and I did what every brilliant middle school boy, this brilliant middle school boy, that goes well together. Um, what every brilliant, and I went over and walked right in the middle of all of her girlfriends and were like, oh, uh, would you go with me? <laughs> Well, I embarrassed her, so she was embarrassed. So she looked at me and she said, no, I'll go with you. You're fat. That was brutal. Can I just tell you how brutal that was? Right? And, and so it's weird how we'll do this, this thing where we go through it. So we go, but if somebody does say yes, we fix all our hopes. We change our schedule around them. In other words, we act like a married couple, but we have no commitment. Right? Listen to me, if you're dating someone, stop acting like a married couple until there's a commitment. You know, you know that's, that's the world's way. And so what happens, listen to me, you do that and do that and do that and do that and do that for years. Then you find the right person and you get the tingles. And it's all googly and you do all that stuff, right? But the tingles last about two to three years. So when all of a sudden you're tired of picking up dirty socks, then you default. Back to the world's way. I think I've had enough. I think I'm going to trade it in, find a new model. Right? Trade in for the, you see, it's, it's a practice. And so we've got to be careful about, are we taking the world's way? So let me tell you God's way. God's way of, of doing healthy relationship in this way. Number one, become the right person. It's about you and I being who God has called us to be. That I become who I'm supposed to be. Right? Let God do a work inside of you so that you have something to bring to the relationship. If you're going into the relationship with the thought of what you're getting out of it, it's already dysfunctional. But if you become someone that you have something to bring to a relationship, that's completely different. So then number two, you can then walk in love. Walk in, not fall in love. Nobody falls in love. Listen to me, there's no such thing as falling in love. We hear that term all the time. You cannot fall into love. You can fall into lust. You can fall into infatuation. But you cannot fall into love. The scripture tells us in Colossians, put on love. Is the way Colossians says it. In other words, you have to choose to put it on, right? It's those days when somebody's driving you crazy. That's when you actually love. Right? It's when I put it on. When, when I'm like, you know, there, there are days where I know I can just read Jen and I'm getting on every last nerve of hers. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I, hey, honey, can I do it? And, and she just looks at me and I'm thinking, if I say another word to her, I'm a, something on my body is going to be lost. Like, I'm going to lose a digit. 
we say in our culture, never say never. Right? Never say never, because things fall apart, and people will let you down, and all this kind of stuff. But I need you to hear your Heavenly Father looks at you and says, never. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's God's version of relationship. And so I want to pick up, and we're going to study and finish out, and and I'm not going to take too long because I want to get us out of here, and mainly out of respect for our children's ministry uh, workers. But I want to look at, in Malachi, this this, um, this piece that God kind of put on my heart, and and, uh, it's it's pretty in your face, let let me warn you, but I think we need to end with the reality of who God is in our lives. Malachi 2.13 says this. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. Oh God, my life's a mess. I'm struggling with this. And how about that? And what about this? You weep and wail because uh, he no longer looks on with favor on your offerings and accepts them with pleasure from your hand. You know, God, I'm, I'm trying to do this. How why don't you do that? I, I, I showed up to church. You know, that's it, right? We, we look and say, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to perform for you, God. And he says, and says you ask, why? Why, why? why is all this going on? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. For those of us that are married, I, I need you to hear that. that. According to this scripture, that there are times and possibilities that the reason you're going through the struggles that you're in is because of the way you're treating your marriage. And I would extend it to, and even the way that you're treating, creating or treating your relationships. I'm the witness between you and the wife of you have been unfaithful to her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant, has not the one God made you. You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek but godly offspring? Like, what's the whole point of the marriage? It's not to complete me. We've talked about that. It's not to meet the need of the individual. It's to fulfill the role that God has called us to do. And what is that role? Godly offspring. Right? Like, like my number one, Mike Matheny's number one ministry is not Church of the Lakes. My number one calling is, is to take three, two blondes and a dyed redhead now. I almost said three blondes. Right? Two blondes and a dyed redhead now. And create godly offspring. That they might go and take dominion wherever it is that God calls them to be. That is. So let me go back. Because oftentimes people say, I don't know my purpose. If you've got a family and you've got kids, I just told you your purpose. It is to create godly offspring. Right? Listen to this. But the man who hates and divorces his wife says to the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, he does violent to the one he should have protected. So be on guard and do not be unfaithful. Listen to me, not that we stay in abusive or toxic relationships. All right, there are times. The reality is the Bible gives infidelity or unfaithfulness as an option to say, you know what, divorce is an appropriate scenario here. So I'm not saying in every situation, but what I am saying is, let me say it to you this way. I've got a fill-in for you. I'll say it to you this way. Commitment means following through in what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Commitment means following through on what you said you were going to do long after the mood has left you. We say a lot of things when we're in the right mood. Right? We say a lot of things when we're in the right mood. Do you remember when you were first pursuing that person? You said a lot of things you don't say anymore. 
You would show up with flowers. Come on, guys. You did some goofy, dorky stuff that now you don't do anymore. Because you were in pursuit, right? Because you were in the right mood. Same kind of thing when we're in certain relationships that we'll do these things. And so I've done a number of weddings, and uh, I've gotten some... Some of you guys know me pretty well. I know I'm a pretty much kind of in-your-face, let's-deal-with-it kind of person. And so uh, there's a couple of times that I've... <laughs> that I've done premarital counseling. And one of the things that I'll say to them is I'll say, you know what, okay, let's talk vows. We talk about vows. So we do that whole, you know, till death do us part, you know, better or worse, richer or poor, and sickness and health, right? Nothing will bring us apart. And so I'll like read those vows to them and go, hey, look, I see a lot of people that later on add to these vows. Like there's actually something that actually is an issue. Like let's go ahead and put it in the vows now. Tell me what it, tell me what that person could do that would make you walk away. Tell me what would, would cause it, like let's go ahead and put it, right? Because we gotta learn to rethink our commitments, to ask God to transform us to be people who do what we say we will do till death do us part. It's a covenant, till till death do us part. Now that doesn't mean you can kill them and that gets you out. But it's about follow-through. It's about commitment. And I know that puts us in attention. I hear your words, Pastor, but you don't know my situation. She is driving me crazy. If I pick up another pair of dirty underwear off the floor, I'm going to kill him in his sleep. Listen to me. So let me say this to you. You would say to me, I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. And I agree, you can't, on your own. But there's a verse I want to remind you. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can. What does it say I can do? All things. How do I do all things? Through Christ. You can survive what's going on in your marriage. You can survive what's going on in your business. You can survive living in Leesburg in Lake County. We're just getting out of here and going to do something else, right? Listen to me. You can if it is through Christ. And this is not just, this is not a properly talk. This means literally that there's nothing I can't do that God has asked me to do when I do it through Him. He gives me the power to do it. God's model is not for us just to have learned behavior, right? Here's the rules. Listen, so many of us will take the Bible or something that our papa told us or, you know, our grandma used to go to church and so she always said this. And we take this list of rules and we go, well, if I can just live those rules, then that call, that means Christianity. That's not Christianity. Listen to me, that's, that's not Christianity. This is Christianity. God said, I will come and model it, right, and give commitment to you. Then I'll go to the cross and I'll pay your your debt. I'll pay for the sins that you do. And then even when you keep breaking commitment, I'll say that I'll give you my Holy Spirit to empower you and to bring transformation in you. So all you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is say, it's no longer my way. It's no longer my life. I I, I want to live through. It's not about trying harder. It's about being transformed 
by God. And so today, here's what I want you to, to, to and I'm going to finish up with this. I'm going to give you five commitments. And we're going to finish with this. It's on, it's on the back of your notes. Five commitments that I think God has made to you. And why is that significant? Because you can't give away what you don't have. Right? If I said, come on, somebody in here, write a check to Cecilia for $100,000. Well, a whole bunch of y'all be like, that's going to be a rubber check. Because I don't have it. Right? I don't, I don't have I can't give what I don't have. And the same thing is true when it comes to relationship with us. You can't give what you don't have. So how do I get it? Well, salvation and the relationship with God are free gifts. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn his favor. You don't have to show up perfect, get your Sunday school pen, and all that. What you have to do is surrender. What you have to do is say, okay, God, it's your way. But I want to give you some commitments that God makes, because if you will receive these commitments today that he's made to you, it will begin to transform you that you can then give that to someone else. Right? Confession is really good for the soul, really bad for the reputation. So I wanted to chase somebody down in the car this week. I did. I did. I did. Like this person, like, I'm in the right lane. I'm not in the left lane. You know my thing with the left. I'm in the right lane. I'm turning into my neighborhood. My neighborhood ain't got a turning lane. You got to slow down on 27. And this person is riding behind me. And I slow down. And because I slow down, they start laying on the horn. You know, I, I, I just got to tell you something inside of me. <laughs> I got a badge. I got a gun. No, I mean, I... <laughs> right? But, but listen... But here's here's what I had to say in that moment. Mike, why? Why do you do why do you why do you lose it? And so I'm driving in the neighborhood going, why? And I'm thinking about this teaching and the reality of I have not received his forgiveness and his patience for me in such a way that I have it to turn around and give back to someone else. Like I still have a slightly twisted view of God that I'm working on in me. Right? That is, that is impatient. And so my goal in the last few minutes here, and I'm going to go really fast, is that you will grasp what God has done for you, the commitment He has made, the follow-through that your Heavenly Father has for you. Because when you will receive it, then you can, I can, be empowered to turn around and actually live it. Commitment number one that God's made to you. I commit to prioritize you. Your Heavenly Father has prioritized you. I don't know about you, but I can get my priorities some kind of out of whack. Anybody else? Sometimes I, I... Sometimes, let me say it this way. Sometimes I let you get in the way of my family. In other words, I'm doing too much ministry, church, work, right? And I'm not spending the time like I can get out of whack. And you need to hear Jesus put you first so that you can experience being a priority. So that then you would have the capacity 
to prioritize others. So if you struggle with narcissism, come on, let's just be real for a minute. We're, we're just slightly selfish people. Like, I like it the way I like it. I want it the way I want it. You know, all that sort of stuff. Then what I'm saying to you is, then your relationship with your Heavenly Father is something for you to look at and say, you know what, have I not really grasped and sat down and understand the priority that God has made me and received that reality that He loves me and He prioritizes me and He would give His only begotten Son for, for, for me? And when that gets into your soul, when that gets deep inside of me, something changes. Because the story of Christianity is this. He did, so I can. Jesus did, died for us, gave us the example, so that I can. So in all those areas where you say, I just can't deal with this relationship. I just can't. Well, you, you, you can, but it's not about trying harder. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's about realizing that God himself, creator of the universe, 1 John 3 and 16, this is how we know what Jesus, what love is. Christ Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We ought to. It's, did you catch that? We ought to. In other words, it's almost like the scripture goes, I know you don't. But the reason you don't is because you haven't accepted the first part of that. You haven't let it seek inside of your soul that the creator of the universe prioritizes you. If you're married, you need to pursue them even when you don't feel like it. What if Jesus only pursued you when you felt like it? No, it's, it's this prioritization. He did so that I can. Number two. God says this to you, I commit to pursue you. Right? We pursue while we're dating. How about now? And God is pursuing you. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today is answer the door. Some of you, for a while now, God's been pursuing you. Knocking on the door. Hey. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And you've been stiff-arming and what you don't realize is what God wants to do inside of your life. Revelation 3 and 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice, open the door. I'll come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I love what Cecilia said, that it's about relationship. You need to hear. Jesus doesn't want to come into your life to fix you. He wants to come into your life to be a friend. He wants to come in to have a relationship. And if you have a relationship with him, you will begin to be transformed. Right? When we grasp this. Number three, I commit to possess you. In other words, God considers you his very own. For those of you who have kids, most of us have experienced that scenario where we felt like our kid was picked on or wrong in some way. And whoo, boy, mama bear comes, right? I remember one time, uh, I think it was Ayana, that something happened in school, and Ayana got picked on, and Jennifer Matheny went into my room. Like I was running the other direction. I'm like, who's ever in the way is going to die, right? Listen to me, that's the way your heavenly father looks. He's like, 
you, you're, you're mine. Like his, his eye is never off of you. Right? For those of us who have struggles with our father figures, we have a hard time seeing that relationship. We have a hard time overcoming and getting past what we see in an earthly father to understand. You got a father who's just looking and going, man, you're, you're mine. And I, and I love you in, in such a way. You belong to me. First Peter 2 and 9, you're a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's very own position, uh, a possession. So I, listen, I belong to Jen. And Jen belongs to me. And that may sound silly. We kind of go, well, yeah, you're married, whatever. No, 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 no. But do we really live that? Like, do I live and go, Jen is... She's mine, not to control, not to dominate, but she's mine to cherish and lift up. And that's the way your Heavenly Father looks at you. Well, I can't do that with her if I don't receive it from Him. If I don't accept that reality of His relationship with me, number four, I commit to protect you. Blows my mind because... He even protects us when we created the problem. <laughs> Come on, I have, I, I'm assuming as the next guy, my, my kids have done something, and I'm like, you're on your own, Paul. Right? Like, we, do you know that God never feels that towards you? Like, he never, he never, he never has that thought. Like he never goes, all right, that was strike three, you're out, punk, get them out. No, 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 he, he, he protects you, even when you've been stupid for the 147th time. Anybody done that? 1,047th time? Then he, he protects, the Lord will protect you from danger. He will guard your life. The people in our lives, listen, need to know that we'll have their backs even when rumors fly. But the reason so many of us have a hard time not participating in the rumors and all this is because we haven't received from God this understanding that He has our back, that He's going to protect us, that He He He's He's got He's He's got it He's He's got it He's got it whatever it is He's got it He knows this week whatever happened in your life He didn't come up off His throne and go Oh my gosh Did you see that? He knows. He knew. He's got it right in his palm of, of the palm of your hand. And so when we rest in him, when we rest in him, we're striving so hard to make things happen and produce and be something because maybe we'll please this Heavenly Father God thing that we have this distorted view of. No, 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 no. I'll possess, I'll, I'll possess your mind. I'll protect you even when you're the one that does the wrong thing. He did so that I can. Number five, I commit to purify you. You're going to blow it. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. And I'm going to give you a way out is what God says. You're going to blow it and I'm going to give you a way out. Last week, um, I had the joy of... um, Having my wife, or yeah, I was like, yeah, and so it was great to have her here. So Tuesday, her and I were going to a conference, a pastor's conference up in Jacksonville, and it hit me something that I said while her and I were up here doing the team teaching thing. 
And I had this horror feeling inside of me, like, oh, crap. Because here's what happened. I don't know if you remember this, if you were here. But Jen, she was so nervous. She was, I don't know why she was so nervous. She did so good. But she was so nervous. And she, so she said something about how she looked across and saw somebody wearing something and said that she thought, I can't believe they wore that to church of all. And she was talking about the comparison thing. You remember? And I, in my male brilliance, looked at her and said, I'm sure glad I'm a man and I'm not sitting here wondering if I'm the one you were talking about. Anybody catch that brilliant moment of mine? And he hit me on Tuesday. Like, that's how slow we are, ladies. Come on now. Nobody said anything to me. We're just driving on Tuesday. And I went, oh, crap. And I went, uh, hey, babe. Um, I just realized I blew it on Sunday. And I recanted that. I mean, I you know, told her that whole story and all this sort of stuff. And you know what she said to me? She said, I didn't take it that way. And man, did I think about this. I'll purify you. Right? Is our first inclination to purify them or to crucify them? Because she could have very easily been like, yeah, you punk, you made me look like an idiot. And how often do we do that to each other? We're so quick. But God says, I will purify you. I will cover your sins. I will have your back. As a matter of fact, when you blow it, I'm going to try to hide it from other people just because I want you to keep your dignity. Just like my wife exhibited for me. Right? But you can't do that. You're going to do the world's way. Unless you receive it first from God. The reality that He will purify you. Ephesians 5 and 25, and I'm going to close. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any blemish, but holy and blameless. While this is talking about specifically marriage and husbands, I believe this reality is something we should carry in every single one of our relationships. The people that God has put in my life. I mean, think, think these things through. Do I prioritize them? Do I pursue the relationship? Do I look at them as mine? In other words, I have a responsibility towards them to, to take care of and to guard. Do I protect and boy, the big one, do I, do I purify? Or as soon as they do something, am I the first one to laugh when something happens? Now, those are big challenges. Those are, those are things where we go, oh, God, that feels heavy. And back to, I don't think I can do that. And you're right, you can't do that. Right? Unless you receive it from your Heavenly Father. Unless you receive today, in this moment, or sometime current in the, in the near future, you receive, you really do prioritize. You really do call me your own. You really do cover my sins. You, you really do possess me and prioritize me and make me your own. And when I feel those things inside of me, 
I then have the capacity to give that to other people. And so my challenge to you today is just to receive it. My challenge to you is not to go do this better in your relationships. Are you hearing me? Right? You can go try this week. You're going to blow it. Because in your own power, you can't do it all. I can do all things through Christ. When I do it through Christ, it's because I received from Him today. So let me ask you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to think for yourself. Where, where is it that I struggle with the relationships? Where is it that I'm blowing the interactions? And instead of it being a moment where I say, I'm going to condemn myself, I'm going to feel bad about it and all that, I want to turn my mind and say, you know what, God, I haven't received this from you. I haven't received your, your amazing grace. Your unmerited favor. That you love me right where I am, just like I am. That you prioritize me. And God, today, I do my best just to receive that. I, I, I go palms up today and say, God, I, I want to understand the way you love. I want to understand the way you prioritize and possess me. And so, God, I surrender. I surrender bad thought processes of things that have been said to me and things that I've said about myself. I, I, I surrender this, this thing that feels like that I need to be the judge of the world and fix everybody else on the planet. And I just I surrender my heart to you today. Would you come in and do a work inside of me and transform me so I can be conformed to your likeness love in a new and a different way. Receive his love today. Receive those words today that are spoken over you about the way your Heavenly Father sees you and loves you today.